0: The most intimate scene and passage of Scripture in all of the Bible. That is the subject of our time together this week on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. The scene doesn't get any more intimate than what we see here in John chapter 17. It's the High Priestly Prayer and it is that prayer that is the subject of our time this week here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. We welcome you to our broadcast. It's time to continue our survey of John, which takes us to Chapter 17, Listening to Christ Pray. We begin the week with an overview look at this amazing prayer. Please join us. It's a prayer that involves you specifically. Here's Pastor Phil. Today's broadcast of Truth for Today.
1: Christ, instead of teaching them how to pray, he prays. And when he prays, he has three things specifically that he prays for. He prays for himself, primarily, Father, glorify your son. Glorify your son. Number one. Two, he prays for the disciples. And specifically, he prays for two things. I'm leaving, Father, and I'm leaving them in the world that will crucify me. Do two things for them. Please protect them. Please sanctify them. And we'll be looking at that. Thirdly, he prays for those who will believe the message that these men bear, the gospel. And he prays for them. And in particular, he prays for their unity so he winds up three things, their unity, their protection, their sanctification, three things we all desperately need ourselves, because we are in a world controlled by Satan with God's permission. And uh, he says in 1 John five nineteen, the world is in the lap of the devil, and he runs this world to fulfill God's purposes. So the world has no protection from the devil and his schemes, and that's why he's populating hell, hell with billions of people. He hates humanity. He hates your marriage. He hates you. He hates your kids. He hates this church. Are you aware? We are a hated people. We are hated. And a genius who is evil has set out to destroy you, me, and this church. How do you have a chance against such a brilliant opponent? Well, the world has no defense. And the believer has been given it. So Christ prays. And we want to look, first of all, how he prayed for himself. We look at verses 1 through 5. And we will pick up four things. Number one, he wants to be glorified. Two... He wants to be glorified as the giver of eternal life. Three, he wants to be glorified because he has honored and done all the Father told him to do. And fourthly, he wants to be glorified because he's weary of the humiliation of living on the earth and being hated, called the child of fornication, And tomorrow, 14 hours from this prayer, having five nails driven into his body, I want to go home. So, listen to what he says. Jesus spoke these things, and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the one, only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with Yourself, with the glory which I had with You before the world was. Number one request, glorify me, the Son. Now, that sounds selfish. If you prayed, Father, glorify me, that would sound so self-centered. But this is the Son, and in this prayer, He's encompassing the cross tomorrow the resurrection and his exaltation of course that hasn't happened but he's saying father i'm going to do your will for to this night i will go from this upper room and i will walk out of jerusalem down into a valley called the kidron and i'll walk to that valley and i'll go to this grove of trees where i have gotten away many times to pray And carry my sorrows there, and I will go into Gethsemane, of which John does not record. I will go there, and an agony of soul will so overcome me that I will pray, and sweat will appear as great drops of blood, for I will wrestle with the pain, the shame, and the abandonment that will face me tomorrow. And he prays, take this cup from me, but if you don't want to do it, I'll drink it anyway. And this will happen the same night. But right now he's praying, Father, glorify me. Honor me like I've honored you. Uh, Display my glory. And if you read Philippians 2, he said he emptied himself. He gave up the external manifestation of being God. He died the death of a criminal. Then verse 9 he says, Therefore God has highly exalted him. God responded to his humiliation, his condescension, and his death. And what did he do? Read Acts 2, the Peter of Sermon S- Sermon of Peter on the day of Pentecost. Read for him. he starts exalting him, taking him back. And all he prays for is, Would you now glorify me? I've done the work. I've lived here thirty-three years. There's no more to be done than will be done by tomorrow afternoon. It will be finished when I die. I will have done everything you said to do. I will have accomplished everything you want to accomplish. Now, just glorify me. Show off who I really am. Because I will go back to heaven viewed as a criminal by Pilate and by the Jews. But you know, Father, who I am. Glorify me. Then he goes on and he, uh, he tells them, please uh, glorify the one that you've authorized eternal life to come through. Look at what he says. You gave him authority over all flesh. And you've given him the authority to give eternal life. This is eternal life. They will live forever. Is that what your says? This is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. Eternal life is not duration of life. That's not the emphasis here. It's a quality of life. As I see people who live a long life, I don't envy them if dementia, Alzheimer's, various diseases incapacitate them. I don't want to just breathe. I don't just say, well, I I lived to be a 100, but the last 20 years of it, I didn't know I was here. And it can get that way as the mind goes. No, I want a quality of life. And he says the quality of eternal life It's not just longevity, it's intimate knowledge of God the Father and the Son. It's knowing God, knowing God. Now, knowledge is a strange, strange term. Uh, It's really, uh, uh, I mean, what do you mean when you say you know something? Let me give you some examples. Uh, Two plus two equals? Wow, you know that is that knowledge sure it is H2O is that knowledge yeah Uh, let's say does Satan have knowledge of God wouldn't you say he knows more about God than any of us in many ways I mean he was before physical creation He was in the throne room of God. God says he's the wisest creature he ever made. So, your opponent to your Christian life is an evil genius. That's why you're so easy to trip up by him. You're a dummy compared to him. And if it wasn't for God's protective shield and for his word and his hand on you, you don't have a chance. He's smarter, he knows the moves, he knows the lies. He's deceived people ten times smarter than you. He knows a lot about God. You know what? He even knows Scripture. He knows Scripture. He can quote it to Jesus in the temptation. But, and it didn't even have a King James Bible in his hand. He's quoting Psalm 69. He's quoting Deuteronomy 8. He's quoting different, verses. where'd you learn that devil? Why, hey, I I heard God, uh, I watched it being written. I heard God say that. I know a lot of scripture. Matter of fact, it says towards the end in Revelation 12, he knows his end is drawing nigh and he ups his evil activity. Whoa, whoa, you mean Satan? He knows enough prophecy to know when it's almost over? He does. He's a lot smarter than you. So that's knowledge, he knows all these facts. Is that what Jesus is saying? Well, uh, let's get a little bit more personal. Uh, A man knows his wife. And that means he knows the color of her hair, color of her eyes, how much she weighs. This man does not What size shoe. Now, if I knew all those things about my wife, would you say I know her? Facts. Okay, let's let's move away. That's too convicting. Um, let's uh, uh, let's hear people say, uh, "Oh, if you only knew my dog." What do you mean? What kind of dog? What color? No, you you're saying no, no, no. We got something going. There's an affection. There's a uh, some kind of a bond, a relationship. I mean, uh, I gave up on dogs years ago. My children uh, moved out. I got free from cleaning up the garage, chasing the dog. Don Andrew's making fun of me as I chased it in our neighborhood. Uh, stuff like this. Uh, but when you get to animal lovers, oh, that dog, you think they're in the will. They might be. I mean, that dog, don't you dare touch, you know. Oh, Shep, you could be dog meat yourself. And you think, well, I just see a dog. Oh, no, no, that's my best friend. That's a, okay, okay, step back. Because they've got a relationship going on, right? Now, to know God, I'll give you an example of knowing a wife. In the Old Testament, it says, Uh, the servant went and got Isaac a wife, Rebekah, and he brings her back. She went into the tent, and it says Isaac went in there, and he knew her. He never met her before, but when he said he knew her, it was talking about conjugal relationships that sealed the marriage. This this made him for sure husband and wife under the law and, and under that patriarchal system. And so the very physical, sexual act, there was a realm and a level of knowing that was beyond facts, figures, external data. It moved into intimacy in which even in 1 Corinthians it says that to move in the realm of physical and sexual, you form a one-body union. uh, And it says we, who are the Lord's, we become one and connected to his spirit. We've entered into a knowing of him. And so what he's saying here, I will see to it that you know God intimately. And I would define it this way. Because 1 John was written that I wrote these things to you that you might know that you have eternal life. I'm amazed at how many people are in church that do not know they have eternal life. And many of them don't know it because they don't have it. They claim it, but they don't have it. Or there's those who say, I can never know for sure that I have it. It depends on how I die. It depends on whether I finish the race. It depends, it depends, it depends. Here he said, I am the dispenser of eternal life. And eternal life will be an intimate knowledge of the Father and the Son. And this is where we define it. Knowing God is a deep Personal relationship of affection, appreciation, and adoration. I know God deep enough that I appreciate, I adore, and uh, I embrace. It is a knowledge of relationship. It is a knowledge of intimacy. It's a knowledge of belonging, of affection. Uh, It's not outside of me I become joined to it. It's deep. It's mysterious. It's intimate. You will come to know God, and God will come to know you. And what is shocking in the Bible is there's many people God could say of, "I don't know you." Everybody knows Obama. Does he know you? I don't care if you voted for him or not. He still doesn't know you, honey. You're just a number. Have you donated lately? And in eternal life, you not only get to know God, but you know now that God knows you. You not only love God, you found out God loves you. You found out you came into the intimacy of the triune family. And you know God in such a way, demons don't know him, because you experience, you know him in a way that uh, unfallen angels don't know him. You know him in forgiveness. You know him in redemption. You know him as father. I don't know that the angels ever call God father. So Christ is the dispenser, not Mohammed, not Hindu. Not any other dispenser, and this is the offense of Christianity. If I was on Larry King when he was on, and you asked me, are Muslims going to heaven? Are Jews going to heaven? Is this religion going to heaven? Is that religion going to heaven? And here's the offense. And if you get different pastors up there, and they dance and dodge, because they've got to be politically correct. And here is our offense. I have the exclusive monopoly on eternal life. You can't get it except through Christ. No other way. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Nobody else can give you eternal life. I've got the monopoly. God dispenses eternal life through Christ. Now, when you receive Christ, you will get to know God. Up to now, you just know facts about it. You went to Catholic schools. You know Catechism. You know Westminster Creed. You know a bunch of facts, 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 facts. It's amazing how quick you can go to hell with a bunch of facts. You think the Jews didn't have facts? They had been memorized in script By their bar mitzvah, they'd memorized the first five books of Moses. How many verses have you memorized? No, no, no. They... They knew Bible. He said, you, you rest in the Scriptures. You think in them you have eternal life. And they speak of me, but you don't know me. You know a lot of Bible, but you don't know me. I ask you, Father, glorify the one you chose to dispense eternal life. He that has the Son has eternal life. And when you get this Son, you get a knowledge of God that is deeper than books, deeper than just external knowledge deeper than just facts oh yeah I know church talk I've been in church all my life and I know the buzzwords. do you know God or will you hear him say I never knew you you, 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 uh, you were a member you could say Lord Lord you cast out a few demons jumped a few pews and, and broke a few tambourines but I don't know you you just haven't ball. Do I know you? Do you know me? And he says in first John, let me tell you what people act like that knowing. They want to do the right, first John two twenty nine. They stop wanting to sin. First John three, six through nine. They start loving the brethren. Oh, man. That's a biggie. Do uh, you mean I just want to go to church with them. I don't want to love them. Some things happen. Then he goes on his third request and third acknowledgement. Father, I want you to glorify me because I have glorified you for 33 years on the earth. Look at what he says. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Wouldn't that be a great thing to put on your epitaph? Not trying to rush it, but just think if you put this on your epitaph, I accomplished the work God wanted me to do. I glorified God how I did what He designed me to do. Um, I'm amazed at how many people are living without a purpose. They don't know why they're here. And and I say that. Uh, with There's a pain. M- much of the race does not know why they exist. And so you're allured by a thousand different offers. Of different agendas. Do this. Do that. Because as we heard Dave Beckman. When you don't know what you're here for. Uh, anyone can lead you to something you don't need to be doing. Because you don't have a purpose. You don't have a purpose. And. Here Christ is saying, Father, honor me like I honored you while I was on the earth. And what did I do on the earth? I did your will. I taught your word. I did the work you wanted me to do. When I go back to heaven, there will still be blind people. There will still be unsaved people. There will be a thousand things left undone. The world will still be in a mess. But I will go to the cross tomorrow, and I will die between two thieves, and I can look to you and say, I did everything you told me to do. It is finished. I think we who are followers of Christ deserve to at least have a purpose. Why do you exist? Uh, What is the chief end of man? Any Westminster students? Come on. What's the Westminster Catechism? The first question: glorify God and enjoying forever. Enjoy forever. You remember what Piper did with it? You switch the "and" to "by." Enjoy God. you are created to glorify God.
0: And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you, to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app, on your smartphone, and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. As we close things out, I do want to turn things over to our executive producer just for a moment. Here's
2: Chuck Lattabodier. Hello, Truth for Today listeners. My name is Chuck Lattabodier, and I've been the executive producer of Truth for Today since we've been on the air in 1996. There are a couple of needs I'd like to make you aware of. The first one is a prayer need. Our dear Pastor Phil had throat surgery recently. And the healing process has not gone as smoothly or as quickly as we had hoped. And so we're asking you to remember, Pastor Phil, in your prayers that God would bring healing to his voice, that he might continue to proclaim the gospel using the tools that God gave him, his voice. The second need is a financial need. Because we haven't been able to do our fundraiser, there is a financial need. And we continue to proclaim the gospel and we because we believe that God's using it to build up the body of Christ, to encourage the saints, and to challenge those who don't know him, and to offer hope to those who are in need of hope. We want to continue doing that because we believe that God's word will never return void. That's what he said. So we're asking you to partner with us at this time. After you've met your financial obligation at your local church, consider making a special gift to truth for today, this year, that we might continue to proclaim the truth for today. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Chuck. Year-end donations are always welcome. One-time gifts, monthly gifts, large, small, it all makes a difference. Reach out to us. Your tax-deductible donation can be sent to 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. You can also donate online, valleybible.org, or call 855 833 9864-855-833-9864. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your truth for today.